Hey, lovelies. Today, I want to share with you my story and how ultimately I decided that entrepreneurship was the right path for me. I'm going to share a little bit about what this path has looked like for me so far and some of the inner work and growth that I had to commit to in order to get where I am now. So I want you to settle in. And if you're thinking about taking a similar path or you're already on one, I hope that you can dream a little bit while you listen and you can see yourself doing whatever it is that you have been wanting to do or that you've been dreaming about for so long. Hi, welcome to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast, a podcast for Black entrepreneurial women who crave practical information that they can apply to their businesses and lives. I'm your host, Khalida DeVos, and in this podcast, I want Black women and women of color to learn to thrive. That means first learning what's possible and then making it happen. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you my story and how I ended up on this crazy, beautiful journey of entrepreneurship. So I polled my community on Instagram and I asked you guys, if you're listening, if some of you are listening, I asked what you were interested in learning and what you wanted to hear on the podcast. And many of you said that you were interested in hearing about my story. So that is why you are listening to this today. So to give you a little bit of background, for a long time, I did not have a conscious desire to be an entrepreneur. I saw my mom kind of hustling in the late 90s, early 2000s with a lot of those multi-level marketing style of entrepreneurship. And it all just looked so difficult to me. I thought that it wouldn't provide enough stability. And honestly, I just didn't see women who looked like me making it really huge in those companies. I'm sure there were some, but there was just very little representation. And so I just thought, no, I just kind of put it out of my mind. And I didn't even understand that there were, I didn't even really think about the, the different forms of entrepreneurship at that point. So this was my basis and understanding of entrepreneurship for quite a while. I got older, went to college and graduated with a degree in journalism and communications from Colorado State. And I briefly toyed with the idea of going for my master's, but I could not figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Why would I get a master's degree? And I was kind of a little bit jaded by the fact that (laughs) university degrees were all theoretical knowledge and no practical experience. So what I did was I moved to Hawaii (laughs) pretty soon after graduating college, and I worked for a newspaper for about eight months. I was there very briefly and Hawaii ended up being too expensive. So I spent a total of about a year and a half in the islands, half of that time working for a newspaper. And then I headed back to Colorado. So in Colorado, I looked for a job in newspaper, but I didn't really have a lot of experience. The big newspaper didn't want to take me and there weren't that many options in the cities that I was willing to live in. So I started working for an engineering firm. I worked there for three years and I had a lot of the same responsibilities that I did in journalism, working for the papers on the island where we would lay out these papers. So I had to do some of the same stuff. I was on the production team. We laid things out. We worked with a lot of internal clients. Did that for three years, got laid off thanks to the 2008 economic downturn. By this time, it was it was years later, but there was still a lot of ripple effect from that. 
So I decided to invest in myself. This was probably like the second or third time I decided to invest in myself. And I went into medical device sales. But before I could get into medical device sales, I had to spend some money and learn all about cardiac devices. So I did that. I went to Boston. I spent six months in Boston learning. It was the most stressful six months of my life to date, learning at like the craziest pace ever and just getting all the experience doing rounds in different medical centers around Boston and the greater Boston area. And then I headed back to Colorado to look for jobs. So I spent about six months flying around the country, interviewing for these medical device jobs, turning some down because there were just some cities I was not willing to live in. And then I finally landed a job in Chicago, which was an amazing city. I was working in Chicago for about a year and then I realized I was not being paid enough because my job had changed several times where I was given way more responsibility because they they didn't think that I would be as good as I was. And I turned out to be a rock star. I'm just going to go ahead and own it. They didn't promote me because they didn't give me money, but they did bump my job up. And so I got a lot more responsibility. So I started trying to get raises. They kept telling me no. Finally, after another year of no's, I started seeking jobs elsewhere. So I went to a competitor who actually doubled my salary. I think they actually gave me like a 45% raise. No, no, no. I take that back. They gave me a 78% raise. It was something crazy like that. So almost double. And I decided to, yeah, this is where I need to be. But by that time, I was pretty burned out. So from the time that I graduated from college, so after leaving the island, all of the jobs that I did, and I can't mention all of them, so I'm just mentioning the big ones. Up to that point, getting into medical devices, I had experienced so much like on the job racism, microaggression, um, just just so much. And my mental health was in really, really in a really, really bad place. And so I ended up working in Arizona for about a year, about 15, 15 months, 15 to 18 months. I can't remember what what it was exactly. And then I just kind of stepped back and I said, I have to go. I had saved quite a bit of money and I just stepped back and said, I, you know, I have to go. I can't do this. In my head, I thought I'm definitely going to come back, but I just really, I feel like I'm going to lose it if I don't take a step back. So I took a step back and I was kind of hanging out for a little while in Colorado again. And then me and my sister moved to Northern California where I started interviewing for positions again in the medical space. But every time I would go for an interview, I just, my body was just like revolting against it. So that was kind of my cue that it's time for me to do something else. And I just didn't know what that was going to be. So some months passed and I ended up deciding to do a crowdfunding campaign for an organization that I had been donating to for a couple of years. I decided, you know, I have some time on my hand. I don't need to write a check. I need to do something more. So I decided I'm going to raise $6,000 for them. And that'd be like my good deed for the year. <laughs> so I raised this money and it turned out much better than I thought. So inside of six weeks, instead of raising $6,000, I raised $16,000. And I was on such a high, I was just so blown away by deciding to do something and then creating impact. That was like super huge for me. And I mentioned that I would love to work for the platform that I had crowdfunded on. And about three weeks later, I was on the phone with the CEO having discussions about me coming to work there. So I ended up working there. It did take about another, 
I want to say somewhere between seven to eight months to get me on board because they just were kind of restructuring. They were a startup. They were still trying to become profitable. But long story short, I was offered a position of head campaign coach when I finally did make it over there. And it was awesome. So the best part about that job, it was probably one of the best jobs that I've had, was that I was actually working for a startup so I could see all of the behind the scenes of learning to run a business. And I was starting to come around to the idea of entrepreneurship because by this time it was all being talked about on the online space. I was working for a startup, so I was being exposed to a lot more entrepreneurs. And I was like, yes, this is what I need. You know, like I need to be able to make my own decisions. I need to be able to go at my own pace. One of the things about the corporate environment was I feel like corporate environments are always structure for people who are more extroverted and people who are like a little bit more outgoing. And while I am outgoing and I do a really good job of connecting with people, I need some more time by myself and I need time to think. So I was really starting to warm up to the fact that entrepreneurship could be a route that allowed me to be a little bit more outside of the box and just kind of create the career and the path that I wanted. But alas, that job came to an end as well because At about year two and a half, they were also thinking coaching wasn't right for their business anymore and they just weren't seeing how it was advantageous. So they decided to lay me off and it came at like the perfect time. It was like just such a nice intersection of me ready to transition to something else and them not really having a space anymore in the company for me. So here I was laid off again and I was like, okay, so now what am I going to do? And I was pretty much about a year before the layoff, thinking about doing crowdfunding coaching. And so I was still super nervous about it at the time. And I talked about this in another podcast recently. It could have been aired last week. I don't know what order these are going to go in. But I was really nervous about what they would think about me starting a side hustle while I was working for them. So I didn't do it. I had a very real fear about that. And so once I got laid off, it was like, okay, this is the time to do it. I didn't start getting really serious about my business until six months after I was laid off. And then I was like, okay, I need some cash. (laughs) But I wasn't really serious because I didn't have enough clarity around it. And so what ended up happening was I took a two week trip to Africa. I spent two weeks in Rwanda specifically. And I went on this trip with the organization that I had raised money with And it was kind of like a full circle moment for me because I had raised money for them while I was kind of in this place in my life where I was just down and out trying to get my mental health together. And from raising money from them, when I worked on the platform, I was also kind of their account manager. So I helped them strategize everything that they did. They went from one year raising $30,000 on the platform because they were kind of inexperienced to the next year after working with me, having raised $200,000 in that year on the platform. So they had some really good outcomes and it was just like so good overall. And they invited me to go on this trip so I could actually see what all the work that was going on behind the scenes, what it looked like in real time in the real world. So it was a super special trip for me. And during that time, I just had time to just step back away from my life and think. And I was watching the CEO of that organization, who's now a really good friend of mine, I was watching him this whole time. And what I really realized was that he was legacy building. He was building his legacy. He was leaving something in the world. He was leaving the world better. 
And I started thinking, how do I want to do that? And from my own journey of crowdfunding, I realized that it doesn't have to be as big as we think, but really when you learn to impact one person, then you really understand that you impacting one person is going to impact their entire family. And then all of those family members are going to impact other people. And so I just started thinking, that's what I want to do. And that's kind of when I got clear on using my crowdfunding coaching as the vehicle to do that. I wanted to help entrepreneurs raise money so that they could get started. In particular, women of color, actually people of color, I'll say at that point, I hadn't niched very far, but people of color, because I knew there was a lot of issues with this accessibility for us when it comes to money and getting started. So I officially started my business, but I was still refining the offer, trying to figure out what I should be charging, where to find clients. I was still charging hourly with no no rhyme or reason. I was getting on calls like twice a week, but none of the calls really seemed aligned. I was really lucky because the crowdfunding site that I had worked for, they put me on as a provider, as an expert on their site, an expert in crowdfunding. And so I was getting a steady stream of people, but they weren't the quality leads that I wanted because I wanted to work exclusively with entrepreneurs. And eventually I came around to being like, I want to exclusively work for women. And so that's, that's just not the audience that I was getting. So after spending my wills for months, I finally decided to invest in a business coach and I got pretty much immediate results. I signed my first three clients within 30 days. Hey friends, just taking a quick break here to say thank you for being a listener of the Black Girl Business Bar podcast. You are such a valued member of this community. I launched this podcast for you. I want Black women and women of color to know that they have a place to go where community is a priority and they have a resource for practical tips, advice, and mentorship. Mentorship in particular is very important to me as I believe it's the lifeblood of all growth. One of the ways that I provide this for my community and for my clients is through one-to-one coaching and mentorship in my program, Brilliant Business Momentum. BBM is for the woman who is looking to create solid foundations and structure in her business, who doesn't want to go it alone and who sees the value in having accountability. I truly believe that having strong foundations and sustainable momentum are two key factors in having a successful business in the online space. And I found for myself and my clients, the fastest way to get there is through one-to-one coaching and mentorship. So if you want to build momentum and set yourself up for success, get in touch with me at Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com or by visiting my website at khalidadubos.com slash coaching. We'll make sure the links are in the show notes. And now back to our show. So for me, I found that having a coach kept me accountable to my goals. The feedback and advice gave me the structure to really remind me of the things that I already knew from my experiences in the corporate world and from working at a startup and all of my previous experience. But in addition to that, there was a lot of mindset work that we did. And I've been, I've always been really good at staying ahead of the mindset game. I'm really into self-help and growth, learning and growing. And so it was really wonderful because what my coach did was just kind of hold space for me to work things through or to really see what issues were. And because of this level of support, to this point, I hadn't had this level of support because I decided to go with one-on-one coaching. But because of this level of support, not only did I sign 
my first three clients within a month, but I also was able to start having the conversation about this podcast within three months of working with her. And I think what happened was I felt calm and collected when I knew, okay, I have support. I have somebody here who's going to work through these things with me. I have somebody who's a couple steps ahead of me. And then I was just able to like relax. It was like, I just started doing things and I really got into my zone of genius, which is, you know, really big picture planning. Like, what is it that I want? I've never really had a problem being like, this is what I want out of life. It was just so beautiful because I had been wanting to start this podcast for three years. And if you've caught any of my lives when I was launching this, you might've heard me say this, but I have been wanting to do this for three years. And within just that amount of time, opening up a little bit of space for myself, boom, I got on a a phone call with my podcast manager and things just kind of flowed. And I think that could have gone very differently if I had talked to him when I was still in that state where I was kind of spinning around and couldn't figure it out. I probably would have still been putting it on the back burner. Another thing, another milestone for me was hiring my assistant. And I think that happened right around the five month period, you know, after getting hiring a coach. But I felt clear about what I was doing, what I needed an assistant for. And by that point, I had been ironing out my processes, which I was kind of doing before my coach, but she really reinforced that this was like something that I was really good at. And it just, it it helped. Sometimes we do need somebody to remind us that we're good in an area. And, and it just really helped me out a lot. So here's what I've learned. It's been a very non-linear process to get to this point and that's okay. That kind of sums up what I have learned so far, that this process is not going to be a straight shot. I know that we say this, and it's a little bit cliche for me to say this, but it wasn't going to be a straight shot. There were a lot of mindset blocks that I had that came up. A lot of them, thankfully, were pretty easy to work through when I was just showing up daily consistently and doing the work. I tended to power through quite a bit of them, but then there were some that it were blocks and they were a little bit more rooted. But at the end of the day, what I really started to learn was that it doesn't really matter what the journey looks like. What really matters is you continue to go. The things that I have done that have served me really well and that have increased my confidence was just really sticking it out, sticking it out as things got tough, believing in myself, believing that I have the ability to figure things out and I think the only way to really believe is to create evidence, right? Human beings like evidence. We don't want to just be told something and then we just have to believe it, whether it's ourselves telling us or somebody else. So that was a big thing for me. And I think it's helped me a lot that I've been a a reader and I read a lot of entrepreneurs and I read a lot about self-growth that I needed to create evidence for myself so that when I was having these moments of like self-doubt, I could always have something to lean on and say, nope, you've proven that you can do this. So another huge thing for me on this journey, and you've heard me talk about this and you'll hear me to continue to talk about this, was investing in myself and in my business. So what I mean by that, and a lot of people think investing, they think, oh my God, I'm going to have to go spend thousands of dollars with a coach. But investing looks like a lot of different things. Number one, I always start out with books that I can read, podcasts that I can listen to, I think it's very important for you to even understand what your direction is before you start paying people to help you get into a direction that you don't even know where you're going. Investing in myself meant 
hiring coaches as well. Investing in myself has really meant a lot of self-care. And self-care, I'm talking about the real digging deep type of self-care. So hiring a therapist, um, working with a therapist. And sometimes, you know, that can look like a lot of different things for people. But working on some things, like I mentioned, some of those blocks were a little bit more stubborn than just an actual fear that I could work through and then have evidence to prove that I could get through it. So I had to work with a therapist and I am still committed to doing that when it's needed. I also learned to celebrate my win. Sometimes I'm really stubborn about this and I don't want to do it, but I have a journal next to my bed and more nights than not, I make myself write down at least three things that I'm proud of myself for doing. And by the way, I'm pretty proud of myself for just showing up for work every single day. If I get all my content done on a day, I write that down. If I record a podcast, I write it down. So it's important for me because that's my proof, you know, celebrating my wins and showing that I'm doing this is my proof. And it proves to me that I'm a person who has integrity. So these are some of the things that have really, really, really helped me. And I'll be honest, guys, at first I was really underestimating these and thinking, oh my God, that's not going to work. It's not going to help. But when I really committed to doing them, it's really helped me a lot. So without all the ups and downs, really, I don't think I would be as clear and as confident about what I'm looking to achieve and what my goals are. But I do want to just throw out there that, you know, like I've said, it's been up and down and there are some tough times and there are some times that are really, really full of celebration. So that's kind of how it's been. So up next, what I'm looking forward to in the future is really just focusing on growing this community around the podcast and in an actual community, probably on Facebook at sometime in the very near future, where women of color can connect with each other, they can learn from each other, they can create impact for our communities. And the number one way that I believe and that I really want to start pushing is by patronizing each other's services and products and building referral systems. So I am dedicating myself to using women of color and providers of color. So I'll use men as well in my business. So that means my podcast manager, that means any future coaches or therapists or anything that I need, anybody that I need to help with the website or some of my services, I'm dedicating myself to spending my money with other women of color because I think that we really need more representation. And that's only going to happen if our businesses can stay alive. So that's a whole nother podcast too that will come up eventually. But I just wanted to share with you guys what's kind of next for me. And um, of course, I'll keep you up to date. All right, friends. So thank you so much for hanging out and listening to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast. I love that you take me along with you every single week. If you found today's episode helpful or you had any aha moments, I would love for you to share them with me by emailing me. If you want to share your story with me, I would love to hear it. Please email me. I always respond back to emails. And if you haven't so far and you've been loving this podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I read every single review and they're super helpful in helping us rank and helping other women of color find this podcast. And ladies, you know this show is for you. So if there's a topic that you want to hear more about, if there's somebody you want me to interview, or if you're dying to be mentored on something, make sure you let me know by sending me an email. 
We're dropping episodes every Tuesday and we can't wait to see you back then. Thank you.